0: We made it through Christmas, Uh, despite its best effort to set us back as individuals and people we persevered one helping of casserole at a time, 18 servings of turkey roasted that way it was healthy for you. What did you get for Christmas, Chase? What did I get for Christmas? Uh, Well, you're making me (laughs) 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 pretend like I know (laughs) it's still the 18th here. What I I know that I'm getting a record player. Okay, That wow. was mine and Rachel's joint gift from my parents. Nice. Uh, will be is it was. What is it? Whiz. <laughs> um Are you guys those people that like?
1: Oh, I don't want to know what I'm getting for Christmas. Just surprise me and get the perfect gift. Or um,
0: I do that with Rachel because she's she's only been buying for like three years now, two, three years. Um, my mom's like.
2: Tell me. Just, yeah. Please. <laughs> Pretty much is like, what do you want for Christmas? Yeah. I don't mind that at
1: all because it's like, yeah. the, you know, the exchanges, you care enough to buy me something. You yeah. also care enough to want to make sure that it's exactly right. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So I don't like... But some there's, people there's are,
2: always a few things that are surprises. Yeah. Sometimes those are the best too. You You're going to be jealous of my record player. Oh, yeah? You're going to want one.
1: Yeah. I went very like... L- Low on the record player scale. This could be risky for you, seeing what I'm getting. Yeah, because I'm like, man, you know, I like to get the top of the line, whatever. You know, like my life depends on it.
2: Yeah. A little risky, huh? Yeah, yeah. Risky.
1: You know, and we should. I should offer a formal apology. I feel like we were pretty rough on Christmas because we were like, Christmas gets a whole month. But I'm like, look, this year Christmas should have started in July. <laughs> and We should have been buying each other gifts literally for half the year just to make it through, right?
2: Hey, I love Christmas. It's a great time of year.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm uniquely in the Christmas mood. Uh, or was. Whoa, Sorry. The mood? Yeah, yeah Christmas spirit. You're
0: new to this mood. spirit.
2: <laughs> Sorry, spirit. Christmas spirit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds a little creepy. We went to Canton hey, Lights. Mood. Have you guys ever been to that? Canton Lights. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, back
0: when it was good, yes. <laughs> well,
2: we, we've been every year uh, the last four years, and this year it was packed. Way more people than there really? usually are, and there's a lot more stuff too. You actually yeah, brought a- up.
0: Uh, that's so sad you've only gone for four years. Yeah, it's really it's falling yeah. off.
2: I've been a lot. I've been a lot. So
1: this is actually a great segue for where we're headed with this episode. Oh, yes. I, I want to
0: ride the Canton know, I, I Square train to the next segment.
1: Yes, we're yes, we are. So here's here's what we're talking about. We're talking about things that are overrated or underrated. And I'll just go ahead and put my opinion out there. Are we
0: doing outside the box already? Having
1: <laughs> no having participated in Canton Lights. All right. And I apologize if like the the mayor or the governor of Canton is listening. The The governor. governor. Um, But it's totally overrated. Completely overrated Christmas experience.
0: Yeah. Did you ever go back when they had funding?
1: Back in the day, yes. But I was only there for the girl that I was going to see the Christmas lights with. So, yeah. So that was properly rated. No, we're not doing outside the box. Here's where we're taking a little bit different take on on this segment. um, Because, you know, we're just mixing it up a little bit. Got Hunter here, we're gonna ask him overrated, underrated questions related to fitness, okay? Fitness as an industry, fitness as a lifestyle, fitness as a mentality. We're just going to figure out where Hunter stands on some pretty hot button issues. And ben came up with these, and I don't have any idea what they are. No were. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is one of those classic, like, let's walk into the Ben trap.
0: <laughs>
2: yep. Here's, we got, ben, here's, ben spent here's list hours right here. thinking of this a way yeah, to set me up. Yeah,
1: the, the amount of research I did for these 10 questions is is almost embarrassing. <laughs> so I, I, I get the feeling we're going to argue about these, but here's what I'm most excited about is I think these questions are going to be questions that the listeners are going to be wherever they are. They're going to think they've got the answer. Then they're going to listen to us argue. And I'm, I'm just picturing people like, hitting the dashboard or just having to pause the episode. Like, I just cannot handle how wrong these people are about this issue. I would love to elicit
2: that response out of people. (laughs) I think that means we're doing a good job. I
1: have often wondered, you know, what it would be like to watch someone listen to this. So anyway, let's get started. (laughs) Yep. Uh, That sounded weird also. All right. Overrated (laughs) and underrated. All right. Question one, are we Ready? Let's do it. We're starting with a big one. All right. And Hunter goes first, and then we can argue about it or not if we agree.
0: I'm going to have strong opinions on all of this. Yes, (laughs) I'm sure we will.
1: Uh, That's something I'm not short on. Okay. Overrated, underrated. Endurance races like Badwater and even Ironman. Overrated, underrated. Oh.
2: Are we doing properly rated too or just overrated? Yeah, I think properly rated can be uh, put in there. Um, As far as um, a test of fitness um, I would say overrated. I think people would, uh, average person would look at somebody who runs an, uh, uh, does an Ironman or does a marathon and it's like, wow, that is the peak level of fitness, but that's just staying moving for a really long period of time. I mean, it's a, don't get me wrong. It's impressive for people that can complete that type of stuff. Like it takes a lot of training to be able to do that. That's amazing. Um, that's awesome. You know, if that's something that you do and you're proud of it, uh, that's great. But as far as saying those, you know, that's the peak level of fitness, no. I don't I don't agree with that at all. There's so many more aspects of fitness than just being able to keep moving for a really long period of time. So I would say overrated as far as if you think that you've reached the pinnacle when you complete a marathon, um, no. But if that's something that is a goal in your life and you want to be able to check it off your bucket list, cool, go for it.
1: So the general public like looks at these things like, man, that person is incredibly fit. They must yeah. be committed. They've got all these endorsements. Yeah. But you're saying it's a, and this would make sense uh, from a guy that is committed to constantly varied, you know, stuff that uh, it's just too linear. It's just like one aspect.
2: Yeah. CrossFit defines fitness as 10 physical skills and um, that's only, you know, testing one or two of them. And um, you got to be able to test all ten of them. So, like, uh, Rich Froning always said. Somebody asked him how long he would take a marathon. He said, "I I could run a mar- uh, put a four hundred pound barbell at the front of the race, and I'll finish a marathon before every single one of those guys can pick it up." <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's like, yeah, they're you're really good, at, really really good at one thing, and that and you really train at one thing. And then, I mean, if all your training is to run a marathon. Um, let's let's check your body fat percent. A, a lot of those guys' body fat percent are really high. They don't have a, a, a whole lot of muscle mass on them, you know. Because so, anyways. Yeah.
1: All right. I'm I'm actually not very surprised by that answer. Uh, it is impressive.
2: No, but, there's no doubt but about but it. probably it's overrated. Yeah. Uh, I mean, any anybody who's going to run for three, four, five hours straight, like that's crazy to me.
1: Yeah. I think it would be. We could say that it would be properly rated. If we're celebrating the fact that the person is using those things to jump out of a fixed mindset.
2: Yeah. If you're, if that's something that's like a, a goal, like a, you know, the white whale that you want to chase down and do, I uh, go for it, man. They have the, the, uh, what's it called? The blues marathon here mm-hmm. and I'm old house in Jackson. They used to run by it every Saturday and I would drive by them on my way to the gym to work out and. It would always be like freezing cold, like raining, like snowing, <laughs> like 25 degrees. And those people look so miserable. When it's when yeah. like, oh, why would you want to do yeah, that? Like I'm headed to get stronger. suckers. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Okay. So this one, I think is going to be, this could be difficult to answer. All right. Cause okay. you're definitely going to offend at least half of the population. Awesome. awesome. Uh, not of our listening audience of the world. Okay. So overrated, underrated is a category. All right. Okay. So give me some time to read this out. Wraps, sleeves, tape, belts, and lifters—overrated or underrated?
2: Uh, overrated, as far as most people that use them don't need to be using them. Um, they are—they work to add, help you able to lift more weight when you put them on. There's no doubt about it. But if if you're relying on those to to be able to lift a certain amount of weight, if you're putting a belt on um, in your warm-up sets. Um, you're using that as a crutch and you're actually probably setting yourself up to get hurt because you're not developing the, the proper core strength or whatever. Um, for me, how I use them, I don't put my knee sleeves on my belt on, um, until I'm getting like, if I'm working to like a max or a really heavy set till the, to the last set or two, and I'm trying to build up because the best way to build core strength is to lift heavy weight without a belt and use your core. And if you start relying on the belt at all times, you're going to You're not going to be able to develop that core strength. Um, Same thing with lifters. I don't wear lifters unless I'm trying to go super heavy on a given day. I try to wear flat shoes as much as possible. I mean, you want to be able to do anything without that stuff as a crutch for as long as you can. And then use it on a special day when you're trying to max out, when you're competing. Use that to give you a boost in performance as opposed to relying on it.
1: All right. So you would say these things are acceptable once you hit like 135 or heavier. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it depends on the person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is like one of my most hated so, things so to do here, is back squat next to you. So by here's
2: – here in, in my mind, I'm not putting my belt on until I get over 400 pounds. That's just how it is um, because I want to be able to have the core strength and the flexibility and all that other type of stuff to be able to squat up to that point. And then I'll put it on after that, and I feel better when I put it on. Um, you know, I feel stronger. I can do a little bit more weight. Same thing with my knee sleeves. But I want to be able to do – um, do my list without that, um, for as long as I can. Yeah. I
1: find that, um, like I put knee sleeves on before I do a wall ball workout just to get my head in the right space. <laughs> I don't know if they, they help at all, but I'm like, all right, th- we're going to war with, yeah. this, with these wall balls. So I'm going to do something different to motivate myself.
2: Yeah. And there might be a time when your knees really bothering you and they, they help you able to, uh, do the workout by wearing knee sleeves, but you want to work to where you can do the workout without them.
1: Yeah. You would say if something's bothering you that way, you need to fix it instead of yeah, just covering yeah. it up. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like, uh, not taking Advil every single day before you work out just cause something hurts, like figure out what's causing the pain and, and get to the bottom of it. And then if you want to take Advil, just, I mean, Advil is another performance enhancer. I used to, I used to take that like on, on, competitions Uh, days before I would do a lift or something, I would take Advil because it just made me feel better and I'm a looser and I was able to lift a little bit more weight. But if you're taking Advil every single day, then you lose that. Same with caffeine. I mean, Adderall. Yeah. (laughs) Not Adderall, but, (laughs) but, uh, caffeine. I mean, if, if you, if you are getting five hours of sleep every single night and you're relying on caffeine to get you through the day, um, maybe you need to take a step back and say, Hey, I need to, to start getting more sleep and then use caffeine as the performance enhancer as opposed to what you, as a crutch. Makes sense.
1: Yeah, so what we've just done is made sure that Rogue would never sponsor this podcast. Three <laughs> oh, ships would, free. Yeah,
2: you don't want to see how much money we spend at Rogue. Like, <laughs> they would still sponsor it in a heartbeat. Oh, that's
1: true. Yeah, for equipment stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, this one equally controversial. I'm just kind of warming you up a little bit. Okay. This is the only question. <laughs> question number three. All right, here we go. Super intrigued to hear the answer to this question. Overrated, underrated, hero wads
2: um it depends on how you use them um there's i've heard of gyms that do a hero workout every single week that is that is just awful awful programming (laughs) do they have any clients they're like hero wad friday or whatever occasionally be like those workouts are meant to be skipping friday yeah those those workouts are meant to be performed like you know once a quarter or something like that a type of workout that is not those type of workouts, and this is something that I tell people, and when we do them, this workout is not making you fitter. This is a workout that we're doing, like Murph. That's not making you fitter. That is making you. That is something that we do to remember and to honor uh, yeah, Murph and all the other people who who gave their life for this country. And it's something you know that's. It, people enjoy doing stuff like that. They enjoy slogging and going through long workouts and, and that mm-hmm. type of thing. But it's not something you should be use, using to get fitter. That's a test. That's, that's just a test, and that's what it is. You got to look at it as a test. If you're doing hero workouts every Friday, um, you're gonna. It's gonna make you worse because you're training. What happens is you're doing a workout that's thirty minutes, forty minutes. You're training yourself to go slow. You're just going slow. You're slogging through it, and your body's gonna adapt to moving slow. Um, there's People think that doing more is always better, and the more reps I do in a workout, the fitter I'm going to be. No, it's about intensity, and you can't have intensity when you're doing a, a hero workout. So um, I think they're properly rated um, as far as um, if you do them correctly and do them periodically as a test, as a um, something to memorialize, um, you know, so, whoever you're doing it for, and and to remember. Um, you know, what, 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 what they, what they gave to this country, but they're completely overrated if you're using them as a training tool.
1: Yeah. So overrated, probably misapplied in a lot of circumstances. Yes. Ask that question because outside of the the world of CrossFit, people know those, you yeah. know, and they assume a lot by watching those things yeah. or.
2: The, yeah. Murph is like the, the rallying cry for CrossFit haters. I, I, I mean, that's a terrible workout. It's, it's something we do one time a year to memorialize, um, on Memorial day, you know, people that died for this country. Um, and it's, it's something that people look forward to. It's, it's, it's kind of a tradition and all that type of stuff. And I think it's great for that. But if you're, if you're using that as your consistent training and, um, I'm going to do a Murph every week to try to get better at Murph, like that's just the recipe for disaster. Yeah.
1: That origin of that workout too, is that Murph designed that, right? He used that. And his... that's what
2: he did do that type of training. Um, yeah. when he was, um, in the seals.
1: All right, so I got to warm you up on this one, all right? So we're gonna we're okay. gonna depart from fitness for just a moment, and just I'm get, I'm scared that this question might short circuit your brain. Okay. okay, so we're gonna start in, in a particular way. Harry Potter. Okay. Overrated, underrated.
2: Harry Potter. Yes. Uh man, I would say uh, now underrated because people have kind of forgotten about it. Yeah. Uh, poor
1: Harry. Yeah, underrated. Yeah, but, have but, you
2: seen any movies?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Better than the books, right?
1: Uh, no, I disagree. No, I can't say that they did a great <laughs> job with the movies. I'm not going to knock. They did a great job uh, with the movies. The bu- books I better. read
2: the books long, way back when, whenever they came out, um, and uh, they were awesome. They were okay, incredible. all right.
1: So yeah, I could have put in there like Quidditch or something that was sports related. But so mm-hmm. all right, good. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. moving
2: on, Hunger Games, overrated, underrated, overrated. Wow, really? Yes, the Hunger Games. I liked the the first book. Um, I thought the um, the concept was cool and the and how it went was good. But everything after that, I thought I went really downhill and the, and the ending was just like, there's way too much going on. It was one of those things where it's like, it seems like they, the author came out with the first book and it was a great idea and they're like, oh, this was great. Well, we got to make a sequel and we got to keep it going. And I'm trying to make it up on the fly and it's just ridiculous.
0: Can I make one counterpoint there? Yeah. Sure. So they split the second book in the two movies. the first, Part one of the second book, is one of the best of all those those 2000s uh, uh, era books to movies. Phenomenal. Easily one of the best ones. Yeah. I think it's up there with like episode seven. Is that the of, one Hoffman uh,
1: was in? He shows up in that one? Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah it's that was so crazy, good.
1: Crazy good. I do remember that. All right. The perceptive listener knows where I'm going with the last part of number four. Overrated, underrated, the CrossFit Games.
2: Uh, underrated. Under? Under? Yeah. Oh. In the, in in the in the, uh, in, the in the grand um, scheme of sports and fitness in general, it's underrated. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, tell me more. Outside, like if if you're comparing it to all other sports on the world in the world and the, and the coverage and all that type of stuff, um, I think it's underrated. I think it is still the most comprehensive, grueling test out there to find the fittest people, and it doesn't get its proper respect for. The people who compete in it don't get the proper respected how fit they are. It goes back to like the Ironman um, thing. Mm-hmm. Most people would say an Ironman comp- competitor is a better is more fit than the CrossFit Games champion, and that's just ludicrous. Yeah, I do agree with that. I wonder what's led to that perception. Uh, just a, comp- uh, a a completely. Um, Warp view of what fitness actually is and what fitness looks like and what it takes to be fit.
1: Yeah, maybe like corporate sponsorships yeah. too, and like the the ESPN mystique that they can kind of wrap things in, making films about it, and maybe like also the uh, percentage uh, adoption by the population. You know, like you're not going to wonder, and this probably makes your point. You're not going to wonder accidentally or like decide you're going to go couch to 5k, 5k to CrossFit games. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people are like, man, I really enjoy running. I'm going to do the Ironman. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's just, it's not, I would say, and I think you would agree with me on this. It's not, um, as adoptable as a goal, you know, to get to the, you have to completely alter your lifestyle for a really long period of time. And, you also, and
2: there's also a whole lot of other people who are trying to, to, that you're competing with. Like if you want to do a, a marathon run, like you could just train and qualify or you don't even have to qualify for some of them. You can just go and do it. But to actually compete in the CrossFit games is like, it's like if I was going to say, Ooh, I'm watching the masters. Uh, I would like to do that next year. <laughs> like people I mean, don't, people don't, I'm as fit as Phil Mickelson. N- nobody would watch the masters and think, Ooh, I'm going to train and try to qualify for that next year. But yeah. people do that for the CrossFit games. They're like, cause I mean, we've literally had over 10 people at least you know, reach out to join the gym or reach out to us and say, oh, I saw the CrossFit games. I want to, I want to compete at that. Um, can you help me get there? And so there's like a disconnect for like, <laughs> you think that you're going to be able to come and join the gym and go to the games next year. Like that, there's a conversation I would pay money to see, but Hunter Owen <laughs> trying to navigate that conversation. <laughs> like, Okay. Oh. What do I say here? Okay. Let's see. You back squat 135. Um, <laughs> hey. you're 28 years old. That's so um, <laughs> no, but, but so that just shows you the kind of, uh, perception that, that people have for the CrossFit people on CrossFit games. They're just, they, they have no idea how incredibly, incredibly fit those people are and how much work it's taken to get to that point. Whereas, for golf, they do. Maybe it's because most people have played golf and they understand how hard it is. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where that is. But nobody would watch the Masters and say, "I want to, I want to, I want to do that next year." Yeah, like. But people do that for the CrossFit Games. I am going to
1: get the green jacket, right. All right? Yeah. All right. A little, a little bit of a spicy question. I, I was interested to see because the games have gone through a couple different versions at this point. Uh, but I think you are happy with where it's settled out right now. Yeah. So if I'd asked that question a couple of years ago, it may have been different. All right. Approaching halfway through, overrated, underrated, intermittent fasting.
2: Uh, Overrated or underrated? Um, I would say overrated just because I think um, a lot of people think it's like this magic bullet um, to completely change their diet. All that you're doing when you're doing intermittent fasting is you're eating less frequently during the day um, because you're trying to get it into a window. And so if you do it correctly, you're going to eat a right, eat, um, eat fewer calories. So you, you can lose weight doing that. Um, I think people, um, it's a really bad idea to do that and come in to do a CrossFit or a high intense workout, um, fasted because you're not going to have any, um, carbohydrate to use for your workout and you're going to end up using it, you know, your adrenal gland, your adrenals and all that type of stuff. And you can, you can really mess your hormones, hormones up that way. If you're doing that over an extended period of time, um, we want you using, food as fuel. Um, and that's just something we talk about a lot is that people, um, food gets a bad rap. Um, and people look at food as the enemy where really it's fuel and you just have to learn how to fuel your body correctly. Um, so I think it can be a tool that you can use, um, well, um, if you do it correctly, but I think it's overrated as far as, um, it's not this magic bullet that's going to get you to all your health and fitness goals
1: yeah yeah I think I can get on board with that. A lot of people that I've heard talk about it, and there there are a few people in our circles that do use these things to their advantage mm-hmm. but most people that I just run into and we have this conversation they're thinking, well, it's not what I'm eating it's when I'm eating
2: right no the timing <laughs> yeah. has, literally has nothing to do with it um the only thing timing matters in is when you're putting it around your workout um I will say this some people might be having success with intermittent fasting, but I guarantee you if they sat down with me or with Caleb or one of our other uh, coaches and we gave them a diet plan um, and they stuck with it, they would feel a lot better using that than they would do an intermittent fasting. And they're because, I mean, it it happens every single time. If we actually get people eating carbs um, before their workout, all of a sudden their workouts improve drastically and they're able to uh, put out a lot more and start putting on muscle and all that type of stuff. And then the body fat percent change and they're like, man, I feel so much better. I never realized how, you don't realize uh, what you're missing. So
1: cool. All right. Six. This is going to be interesting because my personal opinion about this has changed in the last two years. So this is why I asked this question. Interesting. PRs.
2: PRs. Um, Overrated, underrated. Hmm. I would say, I would say, um, I would say how most people look at them as overrated. I would say, um, if, if you use them correctly, I would say underrated. Let me explain myself, please. So I think a lot of people, um, it's like if the way they look at it is if I don't PR, then all this work I put in was a failure. Or if I PR, then man, I've made so much progress or somebody else PRs and like, what are you doing? I'm not doing where there's so many other factors um, that come into play to a PR, like maybe Um, you didn't PR because you didn't sleep well, uh, last night or the night before. Um, maybe you didn't PR because your body's still recovering from what you did last week. That doesn't, uh, uh, make all the uh, work you put into leading up to it, not worth it. You know, that your body's still making progress. A PR is just a expression of where you're at at that specific moment in, in, in time. And, um, there's a lot of other variables that could come into play. Um, I think if you... Um, use them correctly they can be underrated in that they can kind of leave leave breadcrumbs and if you're not defined by your PRs and you just use them as like as like kind of data points that you use to determine where where you where you've come from where you're going what's going on um, I think they're underrated because they can take you where you want to go and they're just data points if but if you I'll say if you're using PRs to define whether you think your training is a success or a failure, that's a recipe for disaster and you're using them wrong. But if you're using them as data points to just – plots on the map to just help you get to where you want to go, I think they're underrated. Yeah, it's it's interesting how the mentality around those – I think
1: if you're experiencing your fitness journey properly – they do change, mm-hmm. and and I think I've also learned like to stop giving the PR speech to people who are new to the mm-hmm. journey because I remember that was what I was living for, you know, like I'm I'm gonna get this weight, I'm gonna do yeah. that, and and I think as you increase your fitness awareness, your body awareness, they kind of drop off a little bit, yeah. and you focus on them less, uh, and then you start using them as you say the data points. That's like the third phase of the journey where if you're consistently not able to hit a PR on an overhead squat or a snatch or something that forces you to go, okay, something's wrong. What is it? You know, I must have some impingement or my approach to rest isn't, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah.
2: If you can look at it objectively and say, all right, well, what what do I need to fine tune um, and fix that? Um, But just use it as, as a way to determine where you're headed and if you're heading in the right direction and you can course correct. But if you're so focused on the number and you're um, like live or die with whether you get a PR or not, that's going to te- you're you're going to be living in an emotional state and logic goes out the window. Yeah. It point. usually
1: forces you to specialize as well to that particular lift. You'll yeah. find yourself. Sneaking yeah. That's not, anou-
2: the- that's another great point. If, if your goal is to back squat 400 by the end of the year, come hell or high water Well, maybe, I mean, yeah, I can get you to back squat 400 pounds a year if you eat 6,000 calories a day and squat five, you know, three, four, five times a week, um, and that's all you do. And, but you sacrifice, you could sacrifice, you know, 10 minutes off your 5k time. That's not a trade-off in my book that I want anybody to make because it's about being all around healthy and, and nobody comes and joins the gym because they want to be able to squat more. They come and join the gym because they want to be able to be fitter, fit lose weight, whatever, be healthier. And if you just focus on that one thing and let everything else go, um, that's taking you literally in the opposite direction of that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. This did not make the list. I thought about putting it on there. I think it would fall at number 11, the back squat as a lift, overrated or underrated. Maybe a lightning question. Leg press. <laughs> Leg press, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, more Instagrammable. Uh,
2: I think back squat is... Um, for training, it is properly rated, if not underrated. I think it is, uh, one of the best full body exercises, um, out there as far as training your legs, training your core. If you're, you know, you not have, have a work. belt yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're going to get some core work if you have a belt on, but, um, but for that aspect, it's, it is, it is a great, it's one of the best exercises you can possibly do. Um, if there, if I had to take two exercises to me to, uh, desert island with me with the desert island that'd be one of them but if if that's what you're using to determine just your strength and your progress and all that type of stuff i think it'd be overrated
1: based on recent programming the other one would be the one-arm dumbbell snatch which i can't <sighs> think of a, a profane profane name i could say but uh man i've got a lot of those
0: what like when would you need to like the only thing i can think of that Practically used in real life is like saving your child from falling off a cliff (laughs) real quick. Oh,
1: I'm very prepared to do that a hundred times in a row. (laughs) All right, a little bit lighter question. We got to lighten up the mood just a little bit. We've danced around this before on previous episodes. I'd just like to get a final opinion, maybe from both of you, bringing Chase into the dialogue here. The Winter Olympics.
0: The Winter Olympics. As compared to all sports or like the
2: Summer Olympics?
1: I'm just saying the Winter Olympics, I, overrated or underrated. I think they're
2: properly rated. I, I think they're uh, the Summer Olympics uh, redheaded stepchild. Um, <laughs> that is, yeah, that would make them properly rated because that's about how they're viewed. Oh, so
1: you can't throw the shot put, huh? Well, maybe you can ski <laughs> jump.
2: Oh, you didn't qualify. To, your sprinting time is over. Uh, let's, uh, let's put you on bobsled. <laughs> oh, your parents are rich, and you could do any sport you
0: wanted to. Yeah. Speaking,
1: Speaking of, of bobsled, we got a little bit of crossover. Yeah, in that,
2: the, no, there are a couple of... Uh, crossfit games uh girls that are doing bobsled now Mm -hmm. um or maybe they're um didn't i don't want to speak you know poorly of them but i don't think they achieve what they wanted to achieve in crossfit so they're trying something different or maybe it's just they just want a different change i don't know but um it does set you up to do that well there's a there's a guy um who I don't I think he might have gone to the games on, as a, on a team like four or five years ago really strong guy and he um, switched over to Bobsled a few years ago and then there's a couple of females that are doing it now um I think I mean I think it's cool uh, it's something that's interesting to watch when it's going on um, but I think um, it's just kind of like the Olympics. The, in the two years while we're waiting for the Summer Olympics to come back, you know? <laughs> so, All right.
1: Okay. I, my opinion has changed over the years. I'm like, obviously uh, by dialect, you can tell that we're Southerners, yeah. right? So Yeehaw. we're going to have a, a lesser appreciation for winter based things. I, than I disagree.
0: I disagree. Really? There's one sport in all Olympics land that, that shines above them all. And that just happens to be in the Winter Olympics, which for me, puts it in underrated. Is it curling? It's curling. <laughs> I, I can tell by the build tell, up. Me, tell me a better sport than curling, and I'll explain to you why you're wrong. Literally,
2: literally every sport. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Cur- curling is just glorified beer pong or something. <laughs> yeah, it's an everyman
0: sport. Anybody can get into that and succeed, right?
2: I, I watched a, uh,
1: um, what do they call them, match, a curling match? Um, yes between it was a a women's curling and I thought it was going to literally degrade into a fist fight now that would be awesome they were angry at each other I don't I don't know I don't understand the game but here's the thing that I I brought this question up because a couple of days ago I was watching and forgive me for not knowing what this is but it's cross-country skiing combined with shooting what's the name of that one
2: uh, cross country skiing. Was are you shi- shooting uh, at the skiers? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh,
1: God, somebody in, in TV land knows yeah, what know. I'm talking man, about. I'm but
2: frustrated, we don't know
1: it. F- for you to be a cr- cross country skier and then have to stop and effectively shoot a weapon, that's pretty impressive.
2: It's biathlon.
1: Yeah, I mean that's like that's pretty nuts. So I don't know. I think I personally believe the Winter Olympics are underrated, um, just by the fact that a lot of people. They're like, oh, whatever. This is like, we do this on vacation. This isn't a sport. All right, back into the serious questions. We're we're making the turn now. Overrated, underrated, Bill Belichick.
2: (laughs) I thought we were doing fitness
1: stuff. (laughs) Well, we talk about professional athletes, right?
2: Um, I think Bill Belichick, uh, I think he's properly rated. I think, uh, I mean, he's the greatest coach of all time. People are, you know hating on them this year for the Patriots not doing as well as they are but I mean he he said it himself they they pretty much you know sacrificed their their future for the the now with their team and now it's time to pay the piper you know they don't have a whole lot of talent on that team now they have struck out on their last few drafts for sure um but I mean Cam Newton is just he's a shell of his former self. And for them to even win seven, six or seven games, however many they've won up to this point with him as quarterback, um, I think is impressive. I mean, the thing he does incredibly well is he looks at his team and he schemes for that given year based off that team. And their their schemes change year to year depending on what kind of players they have and who they have. And I mean, they don't have hardly any any names anymore on that team, and they're still – able to win some games so I think he's he's properly rated um, as the greatest coach of all time
1: that is a big statement to make over a coach in the NFL there are a lot of legends but you say this guy's going to stand the test of time well,
0: his hire, his I mean, ability to hire a great coaches six rings whatever yeah I, I think he's he has something that most other coaches don't have either and that's the ability to spot out a great assistant coach like his yeah. his whole staff is stacked Just no one knows who they are because they're working for Bill Belichick.
1: Could he have done it without Brady? That's the question.
2: Um, No, because Brady's Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time, but he still would have had good teams. I still think he would have won some Super Bowls. I mean, the the year Brady went out, the first game of the year, they still won 11 games.
1: So I guess you could make the case, though, that even in, in today's NFL climate, the fact that the greatest quarterback ever Stayed with this coach, yeah, as long as he did. That's yeah. a testament. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Look, right? the NFL is the hardest league in the world, in my opinion, to be consistently good at, just because of the salary cap and there's so much comp- uh, competitiveness. And to win six rings, like it, it's going to take more than just the greatest coach of all time, and mm. it's going to take more than just the greatest quarterback of all time. It's going to take both. I mean, I think you see it; they're both struggling this year um, when they're apart from each other. So. Anyways, all right. Yeah, well, I'm a little
1: bit offended that you would say that was outside the realm of fitness. We have talked. <laughs> we have talked about okay, 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 The incredible, the incredible level of athlete you have to be to make it to this. Um, all right, this is okay. going to be an interesting one. I'm tapping here into the kind of the James Bill Belichick's just not
2: the epitome of fitness. I, mean- <laughs> I thought we were talking about fitness. He's like, <laughs> Look at this uh, dude on this subway commercials. <laughs> <laughs> accurate. Yeah, yeah. This his sweatshirt really bothers me. It's just one
1: of those things I have. All right. This is tapping into kind of the James Clear uh, read 77 books in three weeks kind of part of your mind, all right? Very, very interesting question here. Visualization in fitness.
2: Um, Underrated. Drastically underrated. Uh, I don't think hardly anybody does that, and I think it is a very, very powerful tool. And I think if you listen to the top performers, not only in CrossFit but in any sport, they visualize that. And Michael Phelps talks about it a lot, how he literally visualized every single race and prepared for anything that could happen. And the the, the story is the um, the race when his um, w- goggles filled up with water and he basically swam blind the whole time. He had already visualized that. So he was prepared for it. So um, I think it's drastically underrated. And I think if anybody wanted to um, take their performance in, in the gym to the next level, um, that's something they could start doing.
1: Okay, follow-up question. Okay. I almost predicted that. Mm -hmm. Follow-up question. When do you use visualization in your fitness? I don't use it. (laughs) So the passion in your answer was like, I should do this more.
2: Well, I mean, it's, you know, performing at uh, peak uh, levels is not uh, my goal anymore, so I'm not going to spend time uh, visualizing my training in the gym. Um, I did used to do it some. I should have done it more, but... Um, I would do it, uh, I'll give a specific example um, of when I did it, when I competed. Uh, the, my last year at Regionals Individual, 2014, um, they announced uh, the workouts, and uh, the f- second one was a hang snatch one rep max. And snatch had always been my kind of kryptonite, and it was really frustrating to me because it was literally the lift every single year at Regionals, and I'm like, why do they keep putting my worst lift at, at regional so i was pretty it was like the third year in a row they'd done it so I was like man come on so anyways uh, uh i figured out that i needed to hit 255 um to get in the top 10 and i figured if i stayed in the top 10 i would have a good chance now i ended up doing really poorly on a few other workouts um because it was just awful work i mean the workouts could not have been worse for me that year but um i figured for that particular workout i needed to be 255 i think at the time my regular snatch was max was 245 and that's the most I'd ever hit and I'd hit it, it had been a long time since I hit it. So I was like, all right, I need to hit 255. So I worked on that hang snatch every single day, technique when I felt, when I didn't feel good, going heavy when I felt good. And I visualized myself hitting that 255 over and over and over and over again. And I, I saw myself doing it, I saw myself hitting on the floor. I remember standing out um, before we went out there and seeing myself, it was the first, it was the first event. Yeah. It was the very first event. And I saw myself, I remember in the visual, um, in the stalls or whatever, seeing myself hit. And I knew my jumps were going, I was going to go 215, 235, 255. And I saw, and I, and I did it and I hit 255. Um, and I was really, really pumped and you're fired up about that. It all went downhill after that. (laughs) I hit that, I hit that. That was the high point. And And I think I ended up like ninth on that one. So I was right on the being top 10 as well.
1: I asked that question because you're you're a baseball guy and baseball players seem
2: to be really into this. I used to do it a lot in baseball. Um, we've talked about some of the a couple of moments when I um, one time when I hit a walk-off home run my senior year of college and I had already seen myself do it and I knew exactly what I was gonna do after I did it and I and I hit the home run and I did that particular thing. At the Waffle House afterwards. No, <laughs> I, I knew I was gonna like drop my uh, drop my bat, lift my hands up in the air. Uh, over my head like I knew like there was no doubt in my mind by the time I got to the plate it was just a foregone conclusion that was going to happen and it did so the
1: power of the mind man that's crazy crazy. by the way uh you would never do this but I read an article on that particular day and it's a really really good piece of sports writing I can't remember who put it together but you you can find it online but it was it's a nice piece of writing it's it's worth reading I think what is it on uh on that home run that I hit yeah Really? Yeah. Yeah, I found it. Uh, they're going to have to, like, drop the link in somewhere. But it was, yeah, it was cool. A, a sports writer happened to be there, you know, local guy. Oh, interesting. He, yeah, put an article together. Yeah, send that to me. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, I, I think I have that right. That's cool. Uh, it was either you or some other guy that's good at baseball. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. All right, so we're closing in. This is going to be the last one. And I'm asking this as a representative of all the people out there who have signed up for this 50 workout challenge. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, this is...
0: Thank you for leading us.
1: This is the hot take right now. Going, because Every time we walk into a Coyote Fitness location, like, uh, hey, the coach is like, we don't care what you know about fitness or getting to the power position or any of that crap. We just want you to get behind Zen Planner and count up how many workouts <laughs> we've had. Can I make it? How close are we? All right, And everyone, the in-body scan looms large in everyone's mind right now. Yeah. Okay. So this is a little bit of preparation so you can get us in the right mindset as we pace through. some some people have already finished. good for you, hate your guts, whatever. <laughs> body fat percentage overrated or underrated.
2: Um I think it is um, for the VAT for most people in fitness, it is under uh, underrated because they're looking at the scale and not the body fat. Um, I think that Um, the body fat percent tells you way more than the scale does. And it's going to tell you actually, if you're heading in the right direction, as far as your, um, as far as what you're trying to accomplish. So like, say you lose 20 pounds, that's great. That's awesome. If that was your goal and you did it, but if most of that was, or a lot of that was muscle and your body fat percent went up, you're actually going in the wrong direction. So this is going to tell us if we're heading in the right direction and it's going to tell you not only if you're, um, it's going to tell you a lot. So it's going to tell you if you're losing weight. Also, it's going to tell you if you're losing the right weight, it's going to tell you if you're putting on the muscle that you need to be putting on muscle. So you have to not only work out, but you have to have your, um, your diet in check to be able to get, uh, I'm, my, I, I'm curious to see what mine does. Mine does because I mean, you could work out five, six days a week, but if your diet's not great, your body fat percent is not going to change a whole lot. Um, so I think that's good. I think if that's the only thing you're using to determine your success or failure, then you're, that's overrated because it's just one tool. So if you're only worried about that one specific thing, you're not looking at any other factors, um, that would be overrated. But I think for the vast majority of people, it's underrated. Dang it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Try to set me I up. I was alone. hoping for a different answer. I was hoping like, you know what? Skip the in-body. You did great,
2: man. Good you're, just, you're you. You're trying to get a way out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was looking for a way well, out. Well, here's the thing that, and- use it as a tool and use it as a data point. So if you do, if you completed the 50 workout challenge and you scan again and your body fat percent didn't change a whole lot or it went up, whatever, you know, what does that tell you? You got to get your diet in check. You know, that's all it tells you. just use it as, all right, I need to adjust my diet. Some, um, I kind of let myself go, on, go over the holidays, but here's, here's what I would say. If you do your in-body and you just kind of let yourself go over the holidays, and your body fat percent stays the same or only goes up a little bit, I think that's a whim, and that shows you that the working out helped tremendously because if you hadn't been working out, if you hadn't done the 50 workout challenge, your body fat percent would have probably gone five up, up 5 or 6%. So, Yeah, I
1: think on this scan, that's the huge hurdle that everyone has to jump. Um, part of it is because it kind of hits the display, but yeah. there's so much more. It if, to you. Yeah. you can
2: lie to yourself like, oh, I've been eating good, I've been... I've been coming, training, uh, you know, coming to the gym consistently. Like Zen Planner doesn't lie. There's, There's been a lot of instances where I've told somebody how many workouts they come, and they're like, no, that's not right. I've, <laughs> I've been way more than that. And then I'm like, well, it looks like you missed a whole week here, and you missed six Mondays in a row, and, well, I had this going on. And it was like we, we lie to ourselves about how consistent we are, but that anybody's not going to lie to you about what your body fat percent is. Yeah,
1: it isn't. It isn't. Um, there are other things involved, you know, like you, it'll give you information on, um, your composition that's worth paying attention to, you know, because sometimes that number, that body fat number, isn't going to change the overall be like, man, I I did actually gain muscle in my left arm. That's using my off arm, my weak arm or my trunk composition has changed. So I don't know. I've been doing a a lot of pep talk. I told a guy in the gym the other day, I'm like, after this next in body, I'm never doing one again. Like I just have a love hate relationship with that thing. So, All right. Well, overrated, you, underrated. Yeah, how, you, you how, how about a segment? You, huh? you can't let that That's define great. you. That's just the tool. <laughs> That's right. That's I'm proud tool. of you. Yeah. Proud of me. Yeah. yeah. That was ben good. needs a little you, validation. You, you did good, Ben. Thank yeah.
2: you. You did good, Ben. Way to go. That was a uh, well-researched uh, questions and good follow-up questions there. Well, thank good. you. Thank, good. thank good. you. That's a budding Tim Ferriss over here. I'm mm-hmm.
1: telling you, man, like the podcast is my thing. All right. <laughs> all right. So where we're, where we're headed next, and this is going to be a very interesting interesting question because it's going to require us all to get very, very personal. Big question for the time of year that people are hearing or have heard wherever we are in that whole veil. Most memorable New Year's Eve experience.
2: Most
0: memorable.
1: Yes. We intentionally did uh, not say. You have to be able
2: to remember it. <laughs> we didn't say the top new year's eve speaking experience. of overrated I think new year's eve is the most overrated like party <laughs> night in the like, I'm it's telling like, you man I'm,
1: I couldn't be more get off my lawn <laughs> than I am on December 31st I'm like who's popping the firecrackers it's 930
2: you know the most memorable one to me is uh, the year 2000 because everybody was, like, freaking out. What's going to happen? Like, well, world's going to shut down. With, <laughs> the computers aren't going to know how to go from 1999 <laughs> to 2000 on the numbers. And, and then I remember, like, watching the news and, and they're, like, they're filming. And it's like they're in New York, but it's already been, you know, 2 uh, 2000 in like Somewhere China else. and yeah. Asia and Europe and everything. What's gonna happen in New York at three, two, one, and then nothing happens. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. People like, are pretty stupid. I stayed up for that. A computers not capable of going to double zero. <laughs> computers, they're just not programmed. They're, they're not all built
1: know. on zeros. Come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. If the anything, banks are
2: gonna shut down. You're gonna lose all your money. Like, oh, this it was what, big. This man. All the stuff they, they were, were selling.
1: selling shirts like.
2: Paraphernalia, Y two K paraphernalia. I'm glad I couldn't remember that. That's the most memorable to me. So I was, uh, I guess I was, uh, I would have been f- 14 at the time, about to turn 15. So I was still thinking at that time that the um, media was actually trying to tell you news, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get, tell you news, as opposed to trying to I get you to watch the, it. Still believed in the goodness of the world. It was, um, it was. Uh, I thought it was news and not entertainment at yeah. that point. So there
1: you go. Well, that's an interesting. And hey, they take. got
2: everybody. They got me watching.
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody was pretty convinced something terrible was going to happen, which it didn't. I do remember this. I'm not going to say how old I was when that whole scare happened. All right, you next, Chase.
0: Um, well, I have had uh, I've literally only had one memorable uh, New Year's New Year's, and it's also my top one. So, screw you, Ben. Um, <laughs> two. It's a phrase you say
1: more often than people realize. Yeah,
0: yeah, just off mic most of the time. Yep. Two years, two new years ago, uh, it was my my wife's and I's first year uh, of marriage. Uh, Her best friend was moving to Maine. Crazy in the middle of at the end of December, ridiculous. Uh, But we um, offered to drive up there with her because she needed to take her car. So we had a day and a half road trip up to Maine, and then got to spend New Year's Eve and New Year's Day uh, in the snow of Maine. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, I had New England clam chowder. I had lobster. Was Bill Belichick there? <laughs> no, he was, he wasn't vacationing at that time. <laughs> okay, um, I got to see the Atlantic Ocean. The scary part of it, uh, like it, people have been to like the Florida part of the Atlantic, and it's you know waves are big. I've never seen anything like the Northeast Coast, with uh, the Atlantic. I mean, huge, huge swells.
1: I'm terrified of the ocean in general. Petrifying. So, yeah, that'll um, sh-
0: that'll make you realize how powerful it is. Man. Oh, it's crazy, uh, and so cold. I've I've never experienced cold like that, where like the sea mist is hitting you and like um, freezing essentially the second it hits your jacket. Gracious. But I loved it. Best <laughs> years ever.
1: <laughs> I think it was like your longest standing profile pick on a lot of your social I think media stuff. It's still stuff. There. Is it's it? A,
0: yeah, me and Rachel and our beanies
1: <laughs> right on the coast. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see the image right now. Yeah. All right. So I have mine as well. I'm going to, I hesitate to do this because I don't know how to do it without it being like this weird life juke kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my most memorable is New Year's Eve of 97. Uh, because I had uh, that year, I was diagnosed with a pretty deadly illness, yep. and I had a t- had a time in September of that year where I was like, "Oh my gosh, like, this is the end." You know, I had to literally face that. And uh, that December, I f- I got through the final phases of treatment, and it was the first time where I remember like f- facing the rolling over of a new year with kind of this adult mentality, mm. which is completely inappropriate because I was. 17, 18 at the time, not, not nearly an adult. Uh, but it, because of everything that had happened that year, I was surrounded by a lot of friends, you know, and, uh, beautiful girls were there too, which made it even better. Um, but a lot, lot of friends there. So it was like, it was an actual celebration. And so it's very memorable. Mm. It was also, I think the very last year that I've actually seen new years because I could completely could not care less about this, Whatever we want to call it, yeah, worldwide celebration. I'm like, you know what? Tomorrow's a day where I don't want to be tired, (laughs) so Mm. I'm gonna go to bed. I'm pretty sure the calendar is gonna flip without me. So, uh, but 97 is probably my my most memorable because, and also the last one I actually experienced in real time.
2: Mm.
1: So that's a good one. Yeah, I think it's a. We can all agree that New Year's is, is completely overrated.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most overrated.
1: Yeah. For I mean, sure. like, nobody's working to flip the calendar. It just happens.
0: So I forgot that we had a topic already prepared, and I came up with a, another question to ask. Should I save it for another outside the box? Yeah, save or should it. we do save it? it? Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, I feel like it's going to be really good. So we need to save, think it. It's pretty, save it. I yeah, think it's pretty yeah. good. It's yeah. good. Okay. All right. So we roll into
0: recommends. Little teaser for not Little next te- episode, but the one after that. Yeah. Let's roll. All let, right.
2: Let me, let me do mine real quick. Uh, do you guys have Disney Plus? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Um, to, have you on. seen? What do you, what do you uh, take us for? Have you seen Amateurs? the show, uh, the documentaries on there called Becoming? No. Mm-mm. i didn't even know they had docs on there yeah they do so uh it, they're they're like they're disney-fied documentaries they're about 30 <laughs> I mean, minutes long good. Each. <laughs> but they're really really good and uh it, it's just basically the story of different uh successful famous people and mm-hmm. and how they got to where they are and they're really fascinating like the first one there's a couple of them that are just okay like anthony davis it was pretty good and candace parker the bas- basketball player but the 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 one that really stuck out to me was uh adam devine you, Devine, Devine. Devine, the, the guy, comedian, yeah, the comedian, mm-hmm. workaholics, yeah, the guy from workaholics. It was just fascinating. I didn't realize this, but uh, he did you know he had gotten hit by a bus when he was a kid? No, broke literally every bone in his body. They thought he was gonna die. No, um, that's crazy, yeah. And uh, so he was like, they actually, I think he was like eight or nine, but uh, he was riding bikes with his friend, and his friend went out and he was looking at his friend and he walked out in front, and the bus hit him. And, uh, so anyways, he was lucky to be alive and, uh, they took him to the spot where it happened. It was his first time to go back, which was really fascinating. But, uh, he just talks about how that like changed his mindset about life. And he's like, I mean, I'm lucky to be alive at this point. Like, who cares? I'm going to go through all this stuff, but like the amount of rejection that some, these guys go through is mind boggling. He told me he had, uh, or he told me. <laughs> when I was talking to him, he told me. Hey, <laughs> I believe you.
1: I totally believe you. I was like, wow, Hunter's got this guy's number. Why is he not
2: on the pocket? <laughs> no, he, uh, he, he, when he decided he wanted to be an actor, he uh, got rejected from, it was either 100 or 200 commercials before he finally got his first one. Well, commercials. Wow. Can you imagine like getting rejected that many times? Yeah. And they asked him, uh, "Did you ever think about quitting?" And he like you could tell, he's like, "No, I never thought about it. Like this is what I wanted to do." And so, just that type of mindset is mm. is crazy. And they all all those people have it. Like they just keep they they realize what they want to do and they keep going after it. Nick Kroll's another one. He's another Nick comedian. Nick Kroll is a he's a, he's a man. And uh, he, so that and they ask him, and he same thing like over and rejection, over and over and over again. And then he he finally. Makes it, but anyways, um, it's really good becoming a documentary series on uh Disney Plus.
0: I'm gonna have to watch that one,
1: yeah. I'm really
0: surprised. I also did
1: not, I'm on Disney Plus almost daily, uh, because my kids are, yeah, it's it's
2: not you kind of have to dig around on, yeah, to find stuff on there sometimes. But uh, we just watched Home Alone One and Two on Disney (laughs) Plus. You know what, you just inspired a recommend for me,
0: okay? Um, I'm gonna, this is. This is a little bit of an overrated and underrated kind of thing uh, because I'm about to spit something that's over underrated. (sighs) Um, The absolute best Marvel movie is Captain America Winter Soldier. If you are confused by that statement, then if you don't have Disney Plus, get it. Get your friends download or log in. I don't care. And go back and watch.
2: (laughs) Or pay the $7 a month. It's literally nothing. Pay the (laughs) 7 bucks, Or get the deal with
0: uh, Hulu and um, ESPN. Is that what it also Yes. That's the package? It's great. Um, Go back and watch Captain America Winter Soldier. It is, bar none, the absolute best Marvel movie. Better than Infinity War. Better than the first Avengers. All of them. It's incredible. It's so good. That's all I got to say about
1: it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you obviously believe it It's strongly. Okay. I, I actually also have a recommend. I came in with one and then uh, Hunter's recommend, um, uh, another recommend. Mm, great. Uh, speaking of documentaries, I watched the documentary, <laughs> this was months ago and I, and still, I think about it a lot and you'll understand why in a moment. There is a documentary on David Foster. You familiar with who David Foster is? A little bit. So... I think that's where everybody is like, okay, yeah, I've heard this guy's name, especially anybody that follows music, but the documentary is called David Foster off the record. Mm. Okay. Most people's impression of this guy, and I don't know that it's unwarranted, but they see him as a very arrogant person. Uh, And he even admits in this documentary, like, eh, not too far fetched. Right. He's he's wrecked his life in a lot of ways. Uh, But the amount of hits that this guy has generated for artists is astounding.
0: Explain who he is a little bit.
1: Yeah, so he's a, he's a songwriter. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not a singer-songwriter. He's a songwriter and a producer, and he's behind a lot of the, the big songs, kind of uh, anthem stuff. So it, kind of his claim to fame is he got in there and, and messed up the Chicago dynamic. Which, oh. yeah, the band of Chicago, which yeah. like everybody's like, whoa, Chicago, blah, blah, blah. Well, he gets in there and basically launches or relaunches. There's a little bit of that um, kind of queen dynamic there, yeah. like where they on their way out. And then boom, this guy shows up, completely changes the game, then links up with Peter Cetera and launches his solo career, which most of the time that doesn't work. But this guy's behind writing these songs, but the way that he does things is he, he walks in the, the room, he's like, I'm the most talented guy in this room, and mm-hmm. I'm about to make this happen, right? So he's got this reputation. But anyway, it's, it's pretty fascinating to watch this documentary because the people that interacted with him at a musical level like, have a, a real love for him. Right. And, and not just because he made them rich. He's just know? talented. Like, wow, this guy's really talented. But there's this, there's this huge twist and I, I i thought about revealing it don't but don't there's this huge twist that involves a late night auto accident mm. you just do not see it did he
0: get hit by a bus
1: it it is equally as like whoa mm. so anyway i would recommend that, that people watch it like right now people are turning on the hallmark movies like forget that predictable crap Garbage. overrated <laughs> yeah oh over, completely overrated uh, you need to, you need to watch David Foster. All right, here's another one. I've got another one. This is what I walked in with. You guys familiar with Seth Godin? Yes. Yes. Completely underrated, by the way, uh, because he looks a little strange. I think probably he's not like very, Nick Kroll. Yeah, he's not very sellable. Okay, I'm. I think I'm going to say this right. The name of his podcast, Akimbo. A K yeah, I yeah, M B O. Dual wielding something. Yes. is Akimbo. Akimbo. All right. Um, they're relatively short. He says some really intriguing things, and especially if you're a person that runs anything, um, doesn't necessarily have to be a business. But if you're in charge of anything, he's going to challenge your mentality the way you think about how you approach what you do, and to be able to get that for free in a 20-minute segment, to be mentored for 20 minutes by a business thinker, I mean, what a world we're living in, right? Um, So I would recommend uh, getting on Spotify, which is where I would recommend listening to podcasts uh and looking up seth godin anything that you hear seth godin say is going to be good but his podcast he gets to kind of flirt around with ideas that that are important to him well worth the listen
2: seth godin's awesome
1: smart guy yeah very smart guy almost our level
2: almost (laughs) we should have him on one time yeah teach him a couple things
1: you know what else we should do wrap this episode oh all right noted